Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Czar, and we have a new interview for you today. Painter, tattooer, Christian Perez, who's really a great artist, and uh, his paintings are excellent, excellent. Um, I met him a long time ago years ago at a convention. I think he took one of my classes. I believe we go over that in the interview. And uh, just to watch his painting scale develop over the years has been really cool. So um, he's a really nice guy. So I thought it'd be good to have him on. And uh, uh, this this podcast goes, goes in some wild places I didn't expect, which is always, you know, how I say I love that. It's one of my favorite things. So... Uh, yeah yeah great interview so um that's coming up uh let's see what is new with me well you know what's new with me is is i got uh yesterday or yesterday or the day before i got the final bit of the dystopia book that i needed which was the foreword by wayne barlow who i i gotta i gotta get him on the show i want to try him get and get him on the show i just didn't want to ask him since i'm you know, putting him out to ask him to write the forward to my book. But that was the last piece that we needed to plug into the book. Um, so that's, he wrote an awesome introduction or forward and uh, sent an image that we can use for, for that. And um, sent that off to Mackie. She's making the last few corrections from the last time we went through um still a few little it's such a big book there's you know always things that get missed but this should be the, this should be the last one <laughs> i said that last time i said that last five times but it's like a paring down process so quotes are coming in she's going over the quotes so it's almost ready to print like you know could be it's got to be this i <clears throat> i hate to say it because I feel like I jinx myself every time I do, but it's got to be, I can't imagine that it's not getting going to go to print this month. So having said that, who knows what will happen, but it is so close. So, so close. I mean, it's put it this way. Aside from having the, the page numbers in the table of contents, if, if, you know, technically I, I could put the book out as is and be happy with it. Well, no, some of the corrections are actually mistitled uh, categories and stuff. So, no, I couldn't do it. But it's 98% done. Let me put it that way. 98% done. Ah, looks so good. Um, anyway, so that's what I've been doing. Um, I'm getting ready to paint for my um, chaos. So, hold on. Okay, sorry. Uh, my chaos solo show at Copro Gallery. That's coming in October. October 9th is the opening. Should be a really cool event. Uh, everybody's on the pay, on my Patreon is really excited about the paintings. Uh, if you want to check them out, you can see all the studies I made. Actually, patrons vote you know voted on which studies they would like to see as paintings because I have more studies than I have than I can create paintings for. So that was kind of fun. And that actually influenced which paintings are going to go on the show. So a lot of stuff is happening on my Patreon. If you want to be a part of it, just go to patreon.com slash and you can join for as little as a dollar a month. And there's a 
ton of different levels and a ton of different perks and bonuses. Um, so yeah, I'm just about, I'm as soon as this is over, I'm going to eat dinner and I'm going to start painting for that show. Um, and I'm mo mostly waiting for panels to come in and stuff, but I do have one panel I could start painting on. Uh, I finished uh, a commission painting that's almost as late as the book finally so that's a huge relief so all this stuff is getting done that i'm excited about that anyway the commission's called the dark queen and you can see it on my patreon also um let's see uh what else getting ready for the vision x live online convention you go to visionxlive.com and, and register and check it out uh, it's got amazing artists like the best of the best it's all amazing artists and they're giving seminars and doing all, all this stuff that's coming up in a, like 10 days or something um other than that that's what i'm up to it's a lot a lot going on um i i'm imagining I'm, I'm i'm gonna be missing some episodes here and there coming up over the next three months because i got three months to paint for this show uh i was hoping to have more than that but you know how it goes. Everything's got to get done. So, but three months is usually what I take. But but it's never comfortable. It's too fast. Okay, let's get on with new subscribers. New subscribers. If you want to join the Patreon and get get your name read on the show and help support this podcast, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Dark Art Society. It's really easy to register. It's really easy to cancel your pledge if you decide you don't like it or you just want to pledge for a short period of time or raise your pledge or lower your pledge very easy to use you get the podcast a day early you get into the you get entry into the uh, private facebook dark art society cooperative which is really great real a real sense of community going on there so especially if for those of you who even if you don't care about supporting the podcast it's just a formality to get to make it fair for everybody to let people in who support the Patreon, to let people in the Facebook group. If you are in search of a dark art community, that's the place to go. I don't think there's there's no other uh, active, amazing, more amazing dark art community online that I'm aware of. So it's really kind of the, the ground zero for what's going on in dark art right now. So <clears throat> let's get with the new subscribers here. Let me see. Uh, let's see, uh, okay, last one was Charles McSorley, what, we did, okay, I'm, I'm looking at the list to see, I don't see Charles McSorley, Randall Perkins always uh, tells me, sends me a mes message and tells me who the last person. Oh, here we go. Okay, got it. All right. So, new subscribers Christian Perez. Christian Perez, who's on the show today. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Um, let's see. We got Indy. We got Schmeidlin Designs. We got Orion West. We got Steven Saunders. Oh, Ryan Case upped his pledge what a what a what a guy amazing artist ryan case check out his patreon too he's he's amazing i think it's uh patreon.com slash i am ryan case um misha 
David Worth and Audi Paul Paleucanus Paleucanus. Thank you everybody for supporting. Really appreciate it. it. Wouldn't be this podcast wouldn't be happening without you. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. So uh, you don't want to hear me talk anymore. Anyway, let's get on with this interview with the amazing Christian Perez. Oh, I forgot the synesthesia uh, name of the week. I'll do Christian Perez because both of those names have flavors to me. These ones are lame, though, because it's obvious where the association came from. I like the ones that have no, no obvious relation to the flavor, but for the sake of uh, doing Christian's name, I'm going to say Christian tastes like Rice Krispies. Perez tastes like Pez candy. Obviously, you can see where the, the association was made in my small child brain. Anyway, let's get on with it. Here we go. My interview with Christian Perez. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. What's up, Christian? What's up, chat? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's hot. Hot as hell yeah, here. I bet. I'm glad the 4th of July is over because our dog is freaking out. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Fireworks are crazy. I know. I know. We actually, the, the, uh, my son's dog, my son lives with his girlfriend down in Bell Gardens and it's, you know, kind of, kind of the hood down there and, and they yep. just have, they just are insane with fireworks, like, you know, for a week around the 4th and they, and they have this, Same here. they have this big, great Dane that's super chicken, this, this dog. And, um, so she gets so scared from the fireworks that they bring her up here every 4th of July for a few days because we don't have that many. I mean, there's some, and, and I, you know, turn the fan on really loud and turn the TV up loud and try and mask mm-hmm. all the noise because that dog will have yeah. a heart attack. I Poor swear, dog. she gets so freaked out. <laughs> those, those big dogs are fragile, too. Right? I know. It's like she's the biggest <laughs> wimp. She's got a scary-ass bark, but, man, she's a... She's huge too, but anyway, yeah. How's it going? It's been I don't God. We haven't I haven't seen you in forever. I haven't seen you in probably like f- six years. Yeah, maybe. so it's been a while, man. Yeah, where where are you at? Where are you living? I'm in, I'm in Connecticut. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you you live in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. You've been there as long as I've known you, right? All, all, all my life. Oh, yeah. okay. I was, I was born here. Yeah. Wow. So you must like it. Yeah, you know, we we can all say negative things about where we grew up, but it's, it's home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, uh, uh, you know, you're obviously a well-established and great tattoo artist, but you, uh, your paintings really, uh, you know, I think when I first met you, maybe you were kind of just starting to paint or, yes, you know. Yes. And just to see how, how far your paintings have come has been amazing. Like, it's amazing. These these uh, some of these skull paintings are just man. I appreciate so that so cool. much. So Especially, good. You, know, you being such an inspiration in what I do as far as painting. That's that's awesome to hear, man. Thank you. Oh no problem. Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. It's great to see. Um, I mean, you've been, I guess, painting a lot. Um. Yeah, I I try to schedule, you know, because I'm a full-time tattoo artist as well. So mm-hmm. I try to schedule 
you know, one tattoo a day and then it leaves me, you know, the rest of the day to either paint or do whatever creative stuff I want or just to go home, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, um, talking to a tattoo artist that's wanting to paint more and, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I was telling him, it's like, you gotta, you gotta try and do it every day. You know, you gotta try at least, but you know, doing it every month or something, it's just like, it's going to take you for your whole life to get to the point you want to be. But if you do it, like, you know, every day or at least every couple days, that's when you get, you know, you start to get good because it's just that, you know, it's just like with tattooing. You can't do a tattoo once a month and, and learn how to tattoo, no, right? You'll, yeah, you'll never get anywhere. For me personally, I had to put it on my schedule to paint or else I would just never do it. You know, you procrastinate. But I also had to quit video games too because I was like, <laughs> most of my hours were doing that. So, like, yeah, I had to definitely changed my life just to learn how to paint and be consistent with painting yeah. so I can grow, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, even if you're talented, like this guy I was talking to, super talented, great tattoo artist, and a really good painter too. But you have to, with anything, you have to do it mm-hmm. like over and 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 over. And I was just thinking I mean, about, oh, just yeah, just like, uh, just last night, I was just sitting in my studio alone. <laughs> I was just thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm just well suited to this kind of lifestyle because you know, I didn't, you know, it's, I, I, I've always had friends and stuff, but I've never been a, a person that goes out a lot really. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you're, if you're okay with being alone, you know, if you're comfortable with being alone, that's definitely a big plus in become, learning to be a painter or any kind of yeah. artist, really, I think, because it's a solitary kind of deal. And so I, true, and, man. And I imagine you get, you know, with tattooing, you ha- you're you always with a person. So you kind of can get your social interactions with your tattooing and then cut off for painting. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I love painting now, to be honest, because it's, you know, tattooing is a collaboration between you and another person. Mm-hmm. But painting is just just you and whatever you feel like creating. You know? Right. I, I like to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's cool though. You get the best of both worlds because there's something to be said about. Um, I miss this. I miss the collaborative process mm-hmm. in uh, working on movies. That's one thing that you know when you when you're collaborating with someone who's at least when it's with someone who you're in sync with. Yeah. Like a Guillermo del Toro or Adam Jones or someone that's like, you know, you click with artistically, then it's really fun and it could be really cool. So um, I do miss that aspect of it, but I definitely prefer the solitary do whatever, yeah. do whatever I want thing. And it's so much rewarding because it's, you know, the success or failure really is, is all on you. You're not relying on anybody, definitely. you know, you don't have to take, definitely. you don't have to take an idea that's like, uh, I don't know about this and try and make it work. <laughs> it's, it's a difference between like playing football or like playing tennis, you know, right. it's like you got to rely on a team or just do, do yourself, be right. your best self, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, it's just to, you know, how you're suited, what kind of person you are, I think mm-hmm. is, is a, is a big part of that. So I remember you were, you were thinking about doing tattoos for a while. Yeah. I got so close. Like I bought, I did. I, I, that. I did like. I think I did maybe. I did it maybe five times. Whereas, you know, in hotel rooms at a convention where people uh-huh. are like tattoo my foot, 
and I'd be like, I don't know how to tattoo. I mean, I know the basics, what I've learned from watching. And they're like, I don't care, just anything. So it was like little zombie head. And, and it was like one of those things where it just looked terrible. And then one of them looked pretty good. I remember I did a little zombie head and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I get it. I get it. But it was still really hard. And um, I, I've told this story a lot of times on the podcast, but I, I got to the point, I bought all the equipment. I had, you know, people kind of pushing me and like saying, you could make all kinds yeah. of money. You wouldn't have to apprentice. You wouldn't have to, you know, do, do stuff that wasn't your own. You have a built-in audience. And it just seemed like, you know, that all that made so much sense. But I got to this point and I just finally was like, you know what? I just don't. I don't have the uh, I don't have that fire for it that I yeah. have for painting. I don't have that like that that desire. Which to be really good at something, you have to have that. You have to be bitten by the bug, and it's like I started to get it. I did start to get bitten by the bug, and I was like, "It uh, takes a bit." Yeah, I think you need to see results. Like when once you see a really good tattoo or see yourself growing, then you you catch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, like I said, I was getting it. Like I was getting the fever. I was getting that thing that that all you tattoo artists have where you're like totally into (laughs) tattoos but it was like you know i but i already have that with painting and i don't i didn't i didn't especially at the time and i still don't feel like i've um fully got taken painting as far as i as i can go so i just was like you know okay i started weighing out the pros you know why would i what's the pro the pros and the cons the cons are that it's going to take time i'm going to have to stop earning you know taking time away from earning money with my artwork and then um or the the cons did i say pros or cons the con that's those are the cons that i'd have to stop yeah the pros were that i could make a lot of money probably and have like an easier time than a lot of tattoo artists but it it ultimately came down to money and i was like that's not a good enough reason to do it money you know it's like i feel like that's a good choice man like it's, if you it's, don't have that love. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the appreciation for it, but you know, do having an appreciation and 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 then learning how to do it and having mm-hmm. that be like what you do. It's like it's a huge commitment. And plus, I'm older. You know, I didn't. It's not like I started mm-hmm. when I was. If I was younger, I probably would. You know, would have would have done it. But anyway, I just like after I bought everything and I was <laughs> doing it. You know, I had all these amazing tattoo artists offering to teach me and stuff and it and it's like i still feel kind of like you know that was the other reason i i was feeling like i should do it because i had all these opportunities that people would just like die for oh yeah you know and but uh, at least you tried it yeah yeah oh i tried it enough like, to know how hard it is yeah oh yeah so yeah and, and it, that was it was it was like you know if it was easy maybe i would have done it but it wasn't it wasn't easy <laughs> it was like this is not like pen and ink it's not like drawing it's not like painting this is totally yeah. different than anything i've ever done and it's really hard <laughs> and so true. the you know then there's the you know interacting with people and the solitary the thing i love one of the things i love about painting is just being alone and and yes. like, like we were just talking and so it's like you always have to interact with a person even but if you don't, don't feel you have like that it. interaction with like galleries and stuff like yeah. that too, to yeah, but promote your work. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And going to shows and stuff, but that's not during the creative process. It's yes. like a separate yes. thing. And, and it's like, if you're not, you know how it is with art. If you're not, you have to talk to people, even if you're not in the mood, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. you're just, it's even just like if, right in your face. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to, uh, 
you might just be totally into it and 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 want you know you want to shut off and then and then you have to be polite and have a conversation so um i don't know so anyway anyway i didn't do it i didn't do it i chickened out the last minute it's all good <laughs> i was already so happy i'm already so happy i feel like it's that's what i love that's what i that's kind of my thing that's what i was meant to do so yeah man you're doing it well uh thanks so anyway yeah how, how did you how did you wind up tattooing first and foremost i mean how was so I, what was your path i started i started tattooing pretty early on um i was 16 when i officially oh. started tattooing wow um That's so young. <laughs> i got my first yeah it was really young. it's like illegal young. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so i got my first tattoo when i was 14 and um oh my god it was like it was like a hand poke kind of thing at a party <laughs> and that just like put that idea in my head that this is something, you know. And then, when were, you, I was 16, were you interested in art before all this stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I've always been sketching, been drawing. Even before I was tattooing, I, I would draw on my brothers with pen and stuff like that. So, so was, you were like the you were an art art, was, art kid yeah, already. Definitely. Okay, definitely. okay. Always sketching, always trying to create stuff. Cool. Um, but tattooing, you know, at sixteen, I went and got my first professional tattoo at a shop. Mm-hmm. My mom had a sign for it. It's legal in Connecticut. To oh, do wow. That. But I remember walking into that shop and, like, there's this stuff called green soap that we use mm-hmm. to, like, wipe down tattoos. And it has, like, a specific kind of smell. And I remember walking into this place and, like, seeing all the flash on the walls and, like, having this smell hit me. And I was like, this is it. Like, it felt like paradise. Like, wow. this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. So after getting my tattoo... Later that month, I... Um, what was the tattoo? <laughs> it's, it's two little dragons on my shoulder. It's, it's covered up now. It okay. <laughs> it was well done, but it's just a bad idea. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on. But uh, so later that month, I, I met a guy in my neighborhood who was tattooing people out of the house. You know, like he was just... Turns out this guy just got out of prison. Oh, he just wow. did like 15 years. Wow. He was a junk junkie, you know, like, so I kept seeing people with these fresh jail tattoos all over the place. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I want to, you know, hook up with this guy. And I ended up meeting him and he taught me how to make, you know, the prison style tattoo machine. Really? You know? Like a homemade oh, yeah. deal? <laughs> I still got it in a box framed up at my studio. Wow, great. that's so cool that you have that. You should paint it yeah, too. Yeah, man. I know, right? <laughs> so you would even have to like make your own needles. Like he taught me how to like, you, you get a spring and you heat it up, you straighten it out, you file it down with sandpaper, wow. like the whole jail process outside of prison. It, wow. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> so that's kind of what started me on that path. And I just kept going, man. So you didn't do apprentice. Oh, you, nope. you, you did the, uh, the, uh, the evil thing. I, Oh yeah, the thing you shouldn't do, and I don't recommend doing. That's a but. You know what though? A lot. I know a lot of great tattoo artists that started that way, and they all. But everybody says the same thing: like you shouldn't do that. No, even the ones that did it. You know, it's but and and it makes sense why you shouldn't do it. But still, of course, sometimes everyone has their own path. Right. Yeah. I didn't know any better, and back then, like information for tattooing was very limited. You know, there was probably like one book. You know, it's not like if I could just YouTube anything. Right, you know? right. So I don't regret my path, but it, it, I can see, like, it took me so long to get to 
where I was decent compared to what you would be able to do now right. with all the information. You know, you can be a good tattooer in three years if right. you're really, you know, dedicated. Yep. Yep. It took me forever. So it was a rough road, man. What year was but, this when you started doing that? It was <clears throat> 98. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So you, uh, did, did you, did you end up, I mean, where did, how did, how did that develop? Like at what point, how long did you get so before did, you felt like you're really good and all that? I, I did the whole tattooing at people's houses, basements, parties. I did that <laughs> for a solid like year and a half. So I was like 17 at that point. And then I met this guy who owned the shop in a, a few towns over. And he hired me right away. Like I was terrible. Like looking back at this <laughs> stuff I was doing, it was bad. But he hired me right away. And, you know, I had official equipment at that point And looking back now everything i learned from this guy is the wrong thing to do but again i didn't know any better i was oh, in the really? shop i was i was excited about it so yeah that was my first shop experience and you know, it was it was good because it got me into in the door you know? yeah so it got me experience into and... a legit shop mm -hmm. and then i just kept going from there man you know something just occurred to me it's funny this is kind of the, the whole like uh anti do-it-yourself scratcher whole thing you know in the mm -hmm. tattoo industry it, it's funny because the you know there's the rebellion is a big part of tattooing also so it's like having a role like that kind of goes against the the i you know the sort of basic so true it's, it's the th thing about tattooing which is it's like it's a rebellious thing and it's like fuck what other people say and so it's mm -hmm. gonna it's kind of funny kind of that's all i'm saying i'm not criticizing yeah, i'm no. just saying it's it's an interesting dichotomy there that they're you know even in that you know, kind of rebellious DIY type of uh, skill. There's like a the rule. You know, there's rules oh, still. It's a rule, <laughs> but it's meant to be broken. I mm -hmm. feel like if you if it's something you really want to do, you're gonna find a way, man. If it's right. tattooing out of the kitchen, then you that's that's your path, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, just don't don't make that your career. You know, just right, right. You have strive to, to be better. Yeah, eventually. yeah. Okay, so you, you made it into a, a, a shop, and then I imagine you were starting to make decent money once you're in a shop, or? Yeah, it, it, the money was great right away. Oh, so really? I, oh, yeah, I was the walk-in guy, you know, so I would, this is actually the best way to learn is to get into a shop and do all the walk-in stuff, because you don't know where you, what's going to come in, you know, so you're right. doing like seven or eight tattoos a day. All different styles, all, I imagine. All different stuff. Whatever's on I the mean, wall. Back back then, like tribal was big, uh, yeah, and kanjis like Chinese letters and stuff. So it's like all this solid black stuff. But that stuff like helps you become a good tattooer because you have to do it right because right. that's all it is. It's small stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was years of that stuff, man. And you were stoked to be doing it. It was great. I was making money. <laughs> I was young, you know, and I, I started everything young. I had I had a son at seventeen, mm. so it's like. I needed to make money. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> how long did you, you know, stay at that place? Uh, I was there a few years. It was a party shop. It was, it, it, it was a good vibe for the age I was in, but it, was, it wasn't good for learning. And once I realized that I had to get out of there uh, and I actually started working for the shop where I got my first tattoo which was like my goal at the time to be at that shop. Oh, that's so, cool. That's cool. Yeah. And so how, how long did you stay there? How did that go? 
I jumped around like every every couple years I moved around man just because I felt like you learn what you can at a shop and once you feel like you outgrew it you know you just move on because mm-hmm. just surround yourself with people who are better than you that, yeah. that was that was my thing man this was I all, did that all around Connecticut all around Connecticut okay I went to Long Island for a bit and worked with um Keith Caramello. I don't know if you Oh yeah, yeah, you I know. Might, Keith. You might know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know. I worked with him for a year and then came back and then I started working for Hope Gallery, which where I am now. I've been there almost 11 years. Okay. Uh, I didn't uh, realize that was uh Hope Gallery. They've got like a a, a tattoo shop and uh I mean they're a tattoo place and a art gallery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have art shows. We have like a few art shows a year. COVID kind of messed us up, but mm. yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of good things about Hope. <laughs> yeah, we have a pretty good shop, great crew. These are these are the guys that I looked up to when I was starting out. Mm. They used to work at a shop called Dark Side mm. in Connecticut, and it was like the shop that everyone looked up to. So like those guys transferred transferred over to Hope Gallery and. You know, it was it was a blessing to be able to work with these guys and learn from them. So. Is that the name of the the tattoo part part of it? It's all called. Isn't it called the the tattoo shop is called something else? Nope, it's Hope oh. Gallery. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I don't know why I was thinking that. Um, yeah, that's cool. How long have you been there? Oh, almost eleven years now. Oh wow! So you're like, yeah. that's your home. It's my home. It's like, you know, it's the. I consider it to be the best shop in Connecticut. So. There's, there's no yeah. else for me to go. Yeah, I'm unless... so comfortable there. I get to paint there. I have I have like so much space there. I paint, sculpt there. Oh, tattoo killer. There. Yeah, it's a good spot, man. Who's working there? Who's the... So, Joe Capobianco's the Oh, owner. yeah. Joe's awesome. And, um, yeah, we got... There's seven of us. So, okay. Yeah. And I, I remember when I first started working there, these guys were all about art outside of tattooing yeah but like over the years like that's died down and it's kind of a bummer but i love painting i love doing art outside of there so i'm always there man i'm always there working doing stuff yeah when i was doing all the tattoo conventions uh that's the thing with every tattoo artist was like every tattoo artist wanted to was all like yeah, i want to paint i want to paint you know they're like getting burnt out on tattooing and they wanted to paint more some of them yeah, until, want to leave until, and paint, you know? Yeah, until they realize they can't make money off of it as easy, you know? It's rough. But you guys you guys have it hard, too, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not easy. It's probably, yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's hard to replace that tattoo money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the same reason that um, so many effect, makeup effects people don't get into fine art is because it's the money. It's like the money's too good, and it's hard to mm-hmm. leave, hard to leave that. So I totally get that. Um, yeah, it's got to be you got to want to do it so bad that you're willing to give up, like you know, all the comfort and the money and you yeah, know. Is that, that that leap of faith. You know, like you gotta you gotta grind. I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah. You you did it. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, w- w- when did you first start painting? I started painting about maybe twelve years ago. Okay. The same thing. I, for years, I said, "Oh, I want to paint. I want to paint," and just never did uh, until I forced myself to do it. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I was scared of it. I was like, I, I don't, "Oil seemed like such a different world to tattooing," and yeah. I was I was scared of it. So I had to force myself to sit down and paint and make mistakes and you know figure out 
how to do this and i'm glad i did man yeah i love band yeah yeah oils are i love oils um yeah, it's way scarier to tattoo someone, though. <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, it's not for me, though. That, that's all I knew. I've been doing it so long. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like nothing now. But the you know the the permanence and being on another person's body, it's like I don't know. It seems to, uh, painting oil painting. It's like if you screw it up, then you paint over it and start over, yeah, or yeah. you throw it out. <laughs> but if you screw up on someone's body, I guess you, you know, I guess it's. There's options. Yeah, there's I guess ways there's ways there's, to fix things if something you know. There's there's uh, it makes sense, but uh, I, I get. But a lot of people are afraid of oils. But I think that um, I think the main problem, you know, people don't that people are afraid of the drying time and they don't know about using mediums. Yep. And that's the main thing. It's like I always just try and say, you know, if you're just starting, just use liquid. You dip a little liquid in. Add it to your paint that you're that you're painting, and then it'll be dry the next day. And then you kind of get past that that issue. And then if yep. you and then you know you can try linseed oil or whatever different mediums after. But liquid's a good one just because it's you know tried and true and it dries overnight usually. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've been using liquid for a few years now. I like it. Yeah. Stuff's good. What do you what do you uh, what's your normal oil painting technique i mean do you do it under painting and glazing um, i'm sure you're, yeah, you're glazing and stuff right yes yes under painting um you know very thin layers i'll do like you know 10 layers and then you know do some glazing for the final layer yeah deepen some shadows like mess with some colors stuff like that yeah, yeah. that's kind of how i paint i mean it's like uh it's i paint pretty thin for the most part yeah. I, t- I took your seminar a long time ago. And yeah, I learned a lot from oh, your cool. technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably where we talked the yep, most, right? Was, uh, or where you met, maybe. I think it was off the map, Massachusetts, where I saw you. Uh, is, yeah, was, was that years it, ago, man? Was that in uh, that Jiminy Peak? Yeah. No, no, no. no. That was a, the tattoo convention. You did a, oh, a seminar oh, at yeah. the shop. That's right. God, I yeah. totally forgot about that. I actually have this. This Shit. is the. Have right here. Oh no way! Yeah, I gotta yeah, take. A, I gotta take a, a picture of that. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what I did for your uh, for your seminar. Yeah, that was really. That came out really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, I learned a lot from that. I also took your sculpting class, and I'm like trying to learn how to sculpt right now. Oh yeah. yeah. What, what what uh what kind of stuff are you you just learning it right now? Do you have anything specific? Yeah, yeah. To- I, I'm I'm trying to create this little creature, so I, I kind of built up the frame. I'm using monster clay. Uh-huh. The the problem that I'm having now is trying to like refine the shapes, and uh-huh. like get that final look to it. Do you have rake tools? I do. Yeah. Yeah, because rake tools are kind of the way to get your larger forms evened out, and then yeah. you kind of like go in and almost burnish down the rake lines with maybe a, a finer tool or your finger or something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about sculpture is like, just make it look like the, what you want it to look like. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, it, 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 either do, it either does or it doesn't. And it's like, you know, I always say this, that, you know, the painting is you're dealing with the um, uh, creating an illusion of depth, perspective, lighting, yeah. shadow and sculpture. It's just like, you know, if it's not looking right, 
copy something, you know, if you're trying to uh-huh. get a certain skin texture, you get a live cast or a picture or live cast, really a, a cast of some wrinkly skin or something, put it right next yep. to it and then just take your time and make it look exactly like that thing that's right next to you. And it's like, you can figure it out. You just, just takes forever. But, um, it's just like what you see is what you get, which is why it's kind of, yeah. you know, it takes less like, uh, I think it's easier than painting. I really do. Because like I said, there's the whole aspect of that. You don't have to deal with all that, yeah. that creating the illusion of depth and stuff. Exactly. It's already there for you. Once yeah. You it. Yeah. It's just like, you have to, um, uh, uh, you have to get used to the material and the feeling. I think that's where I'm at. How at hard this, to push, point. you yeah. know, techniques. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grab this thing and I'm like making marks as I'm like mm-hmm. moving around with it. Like it's just getting used to that part of it. Yeah. But it's fun, you know, I'm just yeah. learning a new skill. Which, uh, uh, do you know which grade of monster clay you're using? Is it medium soft? So, or? The, so the stuff I bought, I bought it before there was three grades. So oh, okay. I don't know what the, the standard one was back then. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it gets, it gets pretty hard. So it might be like a medium now. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can put it in the freezer, you know, before you work oh, on can it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what, if I've got something delicate and I don't want to mess it up, I got it to a certain point, I'll just put it in the freezer and then take it out. And then kind of after the condensation, you know, kind of blot it off. And it's, you know, when it's cold, it's just really hard. And then you can kind of carve it and not worry yeah. about using your fingers. Your fingers won't mess it up. I, I didn't even think about that. Thank you. Yeah. Or the fridge, too, works. Yeah, so I mean, you're the, is the, the the other tricky thing about um, sculpting is uh, you have to mold it, and then you have to learn molding. Unless you know someone who does it, you have to learn molding and casting. And... I, I want I want to learn this. Okay, thing too. I actually I tried learning how to use ZBrush. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah, with that yeah. program. Yeah, I used to know how to and, use and it years ago. It's so difficult too, man. It's like yeah. you have to learn how to use a program, then you got to learn how to use a three D printer and all that stuff. So it's like constant learning stuff i know i know it never ends i know i came i came really close to getting a 3d printer recently and i'm like because the price was really cheap and i was just like i don't have time right now i'm not gonna have time this year to learn that um it's a whole thing you gotta have space for it it's easier you know especially if you're earning a living if you're making decent money you just hire someone to print it for you Definitely. You know, it seems to be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. This is you know, this is why there are services like that. Um so uh are you doing like shows? Art shows? So you're putting your stuff no, in painting shows of, or uh so because of COVID, like a lot of you know, everything sort of slowed down. I just participated in a show in Austin. It was called Orbs. Mm-hmm. So he sent out like you know a small sphere and you can do whatever you want so that just came back and but besides that i got nothing going on besides learning how to sculpt and keep painting yeah as much as i can yeah how did how did you uh uh um how'd you do during 2020 how did that whole thing go you know we had to close down for a few months and things are back to normal now but it didn't phase me that much. I actually enjoyed the time off, to be honest. Yeah, that's how I was too. Yeah, 
So did you take a break or you just kept grinding? No, I got caught up on everything. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I had that all those. Out for you. Yeah, I had all those tool posters coming in because tool had just you know it was kind of the timing it was. I'd done those tool posters and then I was doodling tool posters and selling them. So those kept me busy, but I was also catching up on getting my book done and um, you know commission work and so if anything, the tool posters kept me from really catching up as much as I would have liked to but um yeah. you know it was uh yeah it was kind of like i don't know everyone's living like me now that's how it felt <laughs> so true <laughs> yeah, was, everyone can relate to you yeah 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 it was a trip it was a trip By the way, congrats on that book man i hear it's uh coming together yeah i i got the last bit uh the the last thing um last bit of writing yesterday from wayne barlow you know wayne barlow no uh, the artist he's uh he's the guy he he made the barlow's guide to extraterrestrials from when i was a kid he's worked at guillermo del toro i mean he's like you'll see his stuff and you'll go oh yeah i know his stuff yeah um, he's amazing amazing and so the dystopia book was inspired by barlow's guide to extraterrestrials which was basically like a guidebook so I was like, it'd be really cool if I could get him to write the forward for it. So he just wrote the forward. It's really great. So that's the last text, the last bit of text we got. And, and I'm just waiting, you know, we, we got the last uh, uh, layout of the book. It looks so good. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe how good it looks. Like so much better than that's I even dreamed of. It's kind of crazy how good it looks. And so there were still some corrections so that needed to be made. So I went through and um, made the corrections, sent them back, got the final text, which I'm going to send her probably after this, um, and then just waiting for her next draft. And hopefully that's the last one. As soon as it is, it's it's going to be gone, going to the printers. <sighs> you're almost at the finish line i got it's funny i just last night i finished a commission that that started that the 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 person who commissioned it made the mistake of saying i'll oh, take as much time as you want which is the worst thing you could say to me i appreciated it and she's been super cool not hassled me about it at all but it's like been you know coming up on five years and it's just like five years yeah wow. that's how long the book you was. did take your time huh? yeah well it was just you know it was one of those things that it's if if something's for a deadline you know and it, at the yeah, time and at the time with me it was like um i had to keep bringing taking projects in to make money you know it's so, it's so especially you know five years ago it's it was a lot worse where i just had to take anything any commissions and so then you're just like Oh no! I've have way too many things to finish, and my money ran out again. So I got to figure something else out this month. So I just kept, you know, working on it a little bit and then putting it aside, the book and the commission. But I finally got the commission finished last night. She loves it, and uh, it's one of the best paintings I think. I think it's one of the best paintings I've ever done. And, really? Um, yeah. Can't wait to see this one. Yeah, it's up on my Patreon. I just posted it. Um, check it out. Um, and the book is basically done too. So it's funny that this one commission and this one book both took like five years <laughs> and they're finally done. So I, you know, I don't, it's going to be weird to not have that hang, hanging over my head. I mean, it's like that, that the whole, um, 
the whole process of having that book, especially the book hanging over my head was like, it was so terrible. It was so, it was, it was so like, I mean, I was totally, you know, couldn't sleep, you know, cause I was supposed to have it done in six months. I was dumb and I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. And I was like, Oh, I could get this done yeah. in six months. And then I went to go do it. And I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't have a clue how to do this. And luckily Mike Carell was a huge help and um, wrote all the text and helped organize it, which is the big part. Just getting my head around like subcategories and cross-referencing mm-hmm. things and making sure that if you change one thing, then something in this part needs changing because everything's cross-referenced. It was really complicated, but um, it forced me to like, I had to like throw my hands up at, at one point and just be like, I'm doing the best I can. I can't. I can't keep worrying about this. It's not helping anything. Just yeah, make, that's all you can do. Making me miserable. So the only thing it's doing is making me miserable. And uh, you know, for the most part, except for maybe a couple people, uh, there's that dog. That's the dog. That's the chicken that dog. Sounds like a big dog. Yeah. Um, stop. <laughs> uh, but, uh, what was I saying? Uh, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, people, most of the Kickstarter people, except for maybe like seriously a handful, five maybe at most, nobody was really hassling me about it, which was amazing because I've seen Kickstarters where people just like turn on the creator when it takes more than a year. That's a year late. And so uh, I was, I realized that I was putting all the pressure on myself because I was so, I didn't want to disappoint people and I didn't want them to be upset with me. So it was like, you know, if they're not they're not hassling me, and there's nothing I I can't go any faster than I'm going, so I just have to. So it was like a very zen forced me to into this kind of like, <laughs> not you know this kind of zen like, don't you know don't worry about don't worry about it basically. So it was kind of like a character builder. <laughs> yeah, man. it really was. It was like a character building exercise for me. Uh, right, your second book will be easier then. Well, the cool thing is the the it's all laid out now, like the format. So, you know, as much as I've been thinking, once this book's done, I never want to do another book again. I don't even care if it's good. Yeah. I just want it done. You know, I, I went through that phase. And now I'm kind of like, hmm, This now that we have it all laid out, the hard part's done. The hard part was yeah. figuring out the format and the cross-referencing. And it's like... Now all we have to do for the second volume is to just plug in the new characters in, you know? and the new discovered um, territories and stuff. So I'm totally thinking of a second book already. <laughs> That's good. Gosh. But if I do it this time, probably what we'll do is is I'll get I'll I'll put out the money first to get it done, and then maybe kickstart it to pay for the printing or something. That way, it's like it's done. You're not going to wait another five years. Because if people, I'll, you know, people still trust me, I'll, I'll be amazed. But so you've gone from painting, sculpting. Now you're a book author. Is are your creatures ever going to hit like the big screen or what? Well, I mean, like your personal work. That's th- I, that's the dream ultimately. I mean, before I got into makeup effects, I used to be in a movie making. Like when I was nine mm-hmm. or ten years old, I had a Super Eight camera. That's what I wanted to do: is make movies. Um, so kind, that's sort of seems that would be the dream is that it gets turned into some kind of series or movie because i think it'd be a super cool movie or or like a great 
Netflix series or something. That would be pretty amazing. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I don't have my hopes up, but it, I would love that. It'd be great. And I'm not, and, and not really an author because the way this book went, it was like I painted the paintings without thinking about them over the last 20 years. Yep. And then Mike Carell interviewed me about what the paint, what I felt like the paintings meant. And then we organized all of that information. And then he turned it into text, like, cause he's a really good writer and I'm not really, I'm not very good at writing. So it was kind of like a really weird way to write a book. So it was all like this intuitive, just, just basically information about the paintings. And then we realized there's this whole world and characters and hierarchy and, just based on the intuitions I had about the painting. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I can't wait to check it out, man. Yeah, it's going to be soon. It's going to be this year. It's going to be this year for sure. That's Ho- exciting. Hopefully, you know, within a few months. It's, I don't know how long it takes to um, print. So anyway, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> so what was... Uh, let's go back to your childhood. I mean, how did you get yeah, started man. in... in in art when you were little did you just was it something you just picked up or did you have a a family member who kind of encouraged you or so my brother and i my brother's a year older than me i have another one who's like seven years but my other brother who's a year older um him and i were really tight growing up Mm -hmm. and that's what we would do we would watch cartoons and draw those characters Mm -hmm. i was always trying to you know, draw G.I. Joe's, Batman, you know, anything mm. I was watching or I was really into, I was sketching them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and actually, my brother was so much better than me. And like, he just one day just gave it up. And like, that's a trip. It's such a, yeah. it's such a trip when people do that. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer because like he was really good. And I just kept with it because I, I could, you know, I wasn't good at anything else. So I just uh-huh. kept with it. But I kind of wish he did too. Yeah, I wonder if he could pick it up again. Yeah, he drives trucks now across the country. He, he likes his jobs. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not a career for everyone. That's for sure. Um, that's true, man. You got, yeah, I was always like into into drawing. Uh, art classes in school and all that. Um. So, I was a troubled kid, man. Like, I dropped out of uh, out of high school or out of school. As soon as I could, you know? really. As soon as I hit, as soon as I hit sixteen, I was out. I was wow! Done. I wanted nothing to do with it. So, what was the problem? You just didn't like it. You know, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, dealing with stress at home, just home life wasn't great, and I was, mm. I was just an angry kid. Yeah. And I, I took that out on everything, man. You see, so, you're such a nice guy. I never would have thought that you were like a troubled kid. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, I honestly, looking back, I feel like tattooing actually saved my life, man. Like if, if tattooing didn't fall into my life when it did, I would probably be in prison or really? dead you, right now. Yeah, you think yeah. you would have gotten into crime and drugs and I everything? I was already into crime. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like uh, breaking into cars at like 14. Wow. Um, yeah. Just, just always into trouble, man. I just had no, nowhere to focus that energy, you know, that anger, that whatever was going on with me i just i had no nowhere to put it so you feel tattooing so you feel like you had like a a a bad home life so it wasn't like you could go retreat to your comfortable home because you didn't have a comfortable home life right that's what you're saying like troubled and um 
because it's like I had, you know, I had a troubled home life too, but I went totally like where I cut myself off from everybody and I would just get mm-hmm. involved in, in the, in drawing. That's yeah. how, that's how I survived all the, the chaos around me. But yeah. you were kind of like, put it outward and you were sort yes. of expressing what you were feeling through just like destructive acts basically and oh, cr- yeah. crime and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. There was a point man, where I just, I didn't care, you know, it's like, Wow. That feeling where you just you just don't see yourself in the future, you know. Just, right. Yeah, you feel like you don't have a future. It's such a weird. Yeah, exactly. It's such a weird feeling looking back now because you know I'm a different, completely different person. Right. But, right. And I know, like looking back, I know I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and I didn't know that it was there. You know, I'm just acting, right. Yeah, you just you know, you it's, just, it's 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 like you're reacting naturally to the environment. Yes. Really. Yeah. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, people. It bums me out, the people, you know, with this, the whole crime and punishment issue. It's like, you know, we tend to look at criminals as bad people. And it's like, you know, there's a million different reasons why people become criminals, you know, a lot of different reasons. But, you know, nobody wants to admit that they it could be them if the circumstances were right. Because we're all basically true. the same. And it's like, it's not like any of us are better naturally well maybe that's not true i mean some people might handle have a better temperament for handling stuff like that but when you're a kid you just respond to your surroundings you you know you can't help it i agree yeah you just don't have you don't have the information like how do you how are you supposed to have insight to a 16 year old mind you know right when no one's giving it to you you know especially 16 you know that the teenage teenage years adolescence and stuff yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. That, tattooing was like it was there for me when I when I needed it most. So Amazing. I, so did, yeah. did 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 you do you remember like a point where you felt where you realized that, or was it just kind of did it slowly just naturally happen, and then you wake up one day and go, "Wow, I'm a different person." I mean, how did that yeah. happen? <laughs> it was it was a slow grind, man. Like just having an outlet to put my energy and focus on helped me avoid the people that brought me down, Mm. you know? So I slowly cut people off and met other artists or people who were doing positive things. I'm not saying I I was great right away because I still, you know, I still struggled my early 20s too, man. Like, Oh, wow. But, you know, slowly but surely, you know, I just focused on what was important to me and it was to, to be creative and make art and, you know, survive really yeah, that's amazing wow so you you uh it, it was it, it, was it a conscious thing or did it just kind of like you were just following your artistic instincts you you love tattooing naturally when you had the mm-hmm. experience and you're just like i'm gonna do that or were you were you thinking i want to get out of this life so i'm gonna try doing this thing or what was it a mixture or so looking back, I knew right away I wanted to do I wanted to be a tattoo artist. I knew that. Right. Like, I just had that feeling. Regardless of your situation. Yeah, regardless of everything, yep. But um I can tell you, man, if I don't know if you want to get like metaphysical, but like Yeah, there was yeah, a definitely. Point that definitely. I was like feeling like there was something dark like chasing me or like surrounding me at this point in my life. Wow. Like it was it was dark, man. And I feel like 
just having something like that come into my life at that moment just became that light. I mean, wow. Yeah, it was it was weird, man. I had some weird experiences with like, let's hear it dark entities you know Just, <laughs> i've had plenty of that shit i, know, I talk man, about I it all the time on this show this is what we love i mean what so what happened <laughs> so, if you want to talk so, about it yeah yeah I, I love talking about this stuff so the only way i can describe it is like an energy vampire right uh-huh. so like i'm at this point in life where like everything's dark my thoughts are dark like everything i'm doing is dark and even like the music i was listening to the people i was like into drugs and all that and i was in my bedroom one day with my buddy and we're playing video games and there's like this i got a doorway and there's like a curtain like a beaded curtain in front of the doorway mm-hmm. and i look over and like this curtain like opened up but there wasn't like a physical thing in there like i couldn't wow. see anything besides the curtain sort of open up and then like all the lights started flickering are you serious and, oh yeah it was crazy and your friend and saw then, this too so my friends he didn't see the thing i saw like the the current open up but he saw the lights. lights started flickering and all of a sudden he's like all around the room was like someone's running around banging on the wall just all over no just, way yeah really? it was crazy so wow. I believe I believe this place is haunted and they tore this place down anyways but right. um, so we we both jump on the bed and we're just like what the fuck and we just run out and then um that so I didn't come home freaky yeah, man it was wild so I didn't come home that night and I come home maybe I think it was the, the next morning and so it was a second floor uh, apartment complex and my mom was in the kitchen when I first walk in and my room's upstairs so I walk in the door she's in the kitchen and she looks at me funny and she's like oh Christian I thought you were upstairs I'm like no I haven't been here she says I swear when I pulled in I saw you in the window like oh. in my room so I'm like holy Whoa. shit so I, dude, so I, I, I freaked out I went into my room I tore everything down like I had all sorts of weird shit like masks like uh-huh. also I, I do I got a trash bag I tore everything down I put it all away threw everything in the trash I was just like freaking out but um so later that week this is, this is all within a week later that week I wake up in the middle of the night and there's this like black cloud just hovering over my body wow and all you know all i could see i could see it and then i just like pass out and i remember it vividly so this happened two days in a row so the second time it happened i can see it on top of me and then all of a sudden i can see it from a different angle like i'm out of my body Mm, yeah yeah. seeing my body and seeing this thing hovering over right so you're having like an out-of-body experience yeah yeah man so i don't know what that thing was but it was evil though i mean it was bad it was, i you know i honestly felt like it was some sort of energy vampire my energy was like very negative right was probably feeding on it right that's the only way i can describe it yeah but from that point i decided you know like this shit's real i need to do something and that's what slowly got me on the right path at wow yeah you know. Have you seen uh, that? Have you seen the nightmare? That movie, the nightmare. No. You got to find it and watch it. It came out. I don't know, four years ago or something. And it's it's all anecdotal um, stories. Like people a, telling like the a story. Documentary? Yeah, it's all just talking to people, basically telling the sa- similar story to yours. Wow. And they're so. Wow. And I've had that stuff happen to me too. Um, and I know a lot of people have had it. And there's. And they're all very similar with the black shape or a person with a yeah. black hat or a black shadow. 
and the feeling of dread and um yeah you got to watch it it'll trip you out oh i'm gonna check it out yeah the nightmare so okay this is yeah this is the stuff i'm super interested in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too so i was hoping we got into yeah this. yeah definitely no i'm glad so do you do you was there anything out of the ordinary do you think that led up to that other than just you getting worse and more negative i mean were you like into any weird shit or were you like nah like ouija boards anything like that? yeah no, yeah no. any so nah. it was just it was just do you think it was just brought on by the uh, the the negative like your negativity was just building so much? I, I think so. I think you know they could probably sense that energy. Like that's the way I feel. Like they can mm-hmm. they can sense it. So before this happened, with like a day the day before any of this happened, mm-hmm. I'm walking home from from downtown, which is not far from where I live. I'm walking home and there's this lady in front of me and she's like maybe 20 feet in front of me and we're both walking kind of mm-hmm. at the same pace. She she just stops out of nowhere, turns around, looks at me. So now we're like face to face. She starts walking towards me and I'm just like, what the fuck? So I'm kind of like trying to get off to the side uh-huh. to let her by. But no, she stops right in front of me and she's like, you need to find Jesus. Oh my God. Like, wow. I'm like, what the hell? Whoa. So, so there's something that told her to, t- she didn't see me behind her, but something told her to turn around, tell me this. And I, I'm just like freaked out at Whoa. this point. And then she turns around and just keeps walking, walking the, the opposite direction that she was going. So it's just like weird wow. shit started happening wow. around that time, man. I don't know. What I age? don't believe in Jesus. So I don't know. Well, what age was this? It was like 15, 16 around there. Wow, wow. So how about your weird stuff? Was it around that age? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, it's been in my family from before, when I was a baby. I mean, the whole family's got a story. I think it's my mother's side. It was my mother's side of the family. It seemed to be like the females on my mother's side, like my sister, my mom, yeah. my aunts. And it was all kind of, seemed. it felt like they were uh, just like, you know, it was like, natural for them to be to have, yeah. have that sort of thing clairvoyance or whatever you want to call it but um yeah my first one i was like it was right around the time 12 or 13 or something where yeah. i had the, this figure appear at the side of my bed i was in my stuck in my body i was like having uh there's a that sleep paralysis they call it sleep paralysis but yeah, yeah. but it's like it's really on a metaphysical from a metaphysical model or perspective it's like your whatever your etheric body or whatever is like still stuck in your physical body yeah and you can't get out <clears throat> and so you're sort of trapped but but you're like laying there and you can't move but you can see through your eyelids yeah and so there was like this guy who looked like a truck driver like a like a like kind of heavy not super fat but just like kind of heavy set yeah flannel shirt down down vest like a truck driver guy and he was holding a mm-hmm. p- pillow up in fr- and it was like s- in front of his face like he was standing there holding the corner of the pillow and it was like a almost like a cartoon pillow but it was like a pillow and he was holding it there just standing there over me and then he kept hitting me with the pillow hitting me with the pillow and i was what? just like and, but it was like <laughs> it was also the feeling of dread that came with it just this feeling of dread that's a way best way i could describe it just like the most horrible negative feeling 
And yeah. um, and then this voice came to my in my head and said, "He can't hurt you. He can only try and scare you." So, I like I knew that he couldn't hurt me, but still, it was terrifying, and it was like I, of course, I mean, you can't move. Finally, yes. like jerked myself out of it. Like I was able to move enough to where it woke me up or got me out of that state, and then everything kind of he sort of like it was like in the movies, everything went like wa- mm-hmm. wavery, and he just kind of disappeared, and. Um, but I'd had other experiences like that that were really positive, you know, uh, where I had left my body and I was floating around and it felt like amazing. And there was no negative energy or no weird yeah. negative entities. It was more like the opposite. It was like I felt enlightened. I felt like I was my true self floating around. Like I didn't yep. have this this weight of my ego. And I didn't know any of these terms at the time. This is like 13, 14, 15 years old, 16. And... uh I would float around and I remember just feeling like, uh, you know, years later I did ecstasy and I was like, Oh, this felt ecstasy feels exactly <laughs> like when I was out of my body. And, um, I remember feeling like thinking like, Oh, this is what's like when you die. There's nothing to worry about. It's the best feeling ever. And I felt like this is my true self. Like I was pure consciousness and I didn't have any worries or any of the negative stuff. It was kind of like, you know, you're, it was just like awareness and I was floating around and it felt so good. So I've had both and I've had other ones that were absolutely terrifying, like the pillow guy, uh, yeah, the you pillow know, guy. so it's been <laughs> so like, a, I mean, I just had one the other night. I had one like two nights ago that was, or no, it was, it was in the day. Uh, Cause you I'll, often I'll have them when I, um, if I get up in the middle of the night and then go back to sleep. Or if, if I'm like, if I don't get enough sleep and I take a nap during the day, usually it happens then. Usually it's a, it's like a, um, like a, that sleep paralysis type of thing. And, and, um, what happened was this last time, uh, a few months ago, I, I first, let me say a few months ago, I had one where I was, I went to bed and I, I've sensed, I, like started going out of body because th- going out of body happens a lot to me where it happens a lot. It's like a regular thing. And it's like, it's real hard for me to control. A lot of times I'll just kind of flail around the room. Yeah. Like I can't control it. <laughs> uh, I finally read that if you think what you want to do, then you'll do it. And that works. Yeah. Like if I have the, um, the awareness to go, okay, I want to fly forward. I could just fly. It's really, really cool. But anyway, I was, starting to come out of my body and then i i sensed this evil feeling and a shape that was like just a mound just like a mound about this high and uh i've told this story i think on i think i have on the podcast and i uh and it was invisible but i knew it was there and it was this old woman like a it's you know i i read up on it's the hag there's the a thing called the hag. It's like a it's like a common archetypal thing, you know. Like it, a lot of times, it'll be standing on your chest. You have trouble yeah. breathing. It's like the shadow people, you're the shadow. You know, they call them shadow people. The thing that you saw, um, yeah. It's like that thing. That's like that goes back in history. There's people that have talked about it, and the hag is one of the things, the phenomenon, whatever it is. And so anyway, it was it was cursing at me in a foreign language. <laughs> and it was like but like this old horse old lady voice and i remember thinking it sounded like russian and i was like that's so weird but i knew it was just cursing at me like 
saying horrible things and all angry, so pissed. And then it started coming around the bed to my head. And I was like, uh oh. And I was able to kind of like pull myself out of it. And, uh, and, uh, I, as I came out of it, I thought first thing that popped in my head was Baba Yaga. And I yep. was like, he blew it off. Like, uh, that's probably because, you know, Baba Yaga is like a witch myth. Yep. And it's in the Hellboy. It's like in the new Hellboy movie. Yeah, it's she like lives a, in the house, right? Yeah, yeah, the house with yeah, the chicken yeah, feet, with the chicken legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so I just was like, oh yeah, it's probably just good. I thought saw thought of you know a few months ago the new this recent Hellboy movie, six months a year. I don't know, came out, and, and I just blew it off. And then I was telling my friend about the story, and then when I said Baba Yaga, I was like, oh yeah, Baba Yaga is like an Eastern European yep. myth. And it's like in Russia and it's in Yugoslavia, uh, uh, the Slavic regions and uh, Romania. They all have this version of Baba Yaga. And then I was like, that's what the, the language sounded like. It was like Romanian or Russian. And it was definitely like a language. It wasn't just blah, 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 blah. It felt, sounded yeah, like yeah. a language. So anyway, that was the first thing. Then the other day I went to go take a nap and I started like, sometimes I could sit up in my out of body things and I went to go sit up and instead of my, <laughs> instead of my body sitting up like this, I went like yeah. this, <laughs> it's like I went to sit up and then my, like my butt went down into the bed, and, but I leaned up, but it was like, it was, it was weird. So I was kind of sunk so, into the, So can you see yourself? Like if you turned around, would you be able to see yourself? Uh, yeah, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen myself, but it's like, okay. I never look, Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it's like, I never think to look, uh, I may have seen myself, but, but, uh, like I said, I never really look, and sometimes I can't even see. Sometimes I just start floating; it's all blackness. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, so I, I did that sitting up thing, and then over to my right, there's just again invisible. It wasn't a hump shape, but it was over. I knew it was to my right, and it was the old lady's voice, and she's like, she said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like less evil more like what are you doing like really like what are yeah, unexpected yeah. and um, it sounds like you're haunting her like you're in her house <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you showed up at her house right so it was just weird and then i was again i was like whoa and it kind of scared me and i pulled myself out of it so that's the most recent thing i have but wow. i you know um i've had all kinds of crazy shit like that happen um i mean if you had more than that happened to you or, or i mean that sounds like probably the most significant one so yeah that that was probably the darkest mm. but since since then yeah it's like i could sense it but it's never come forward again you know what do, what do you mean know. like you could sense if that it's maybe around or something yeah yeah i definitely get the feeling that it's like this i don't know whatever whatever it is is kind of lingering around kind of like waiting you wow. know, for something wow. yeah it's, wow. it's, it's that feeling and maybe maybe it's just like like a passenger that just like hangs out there my whole life. Like who knows what it is? I don't, I don't know, but wow. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not looking to feed it anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. What a trip. Yeah. It's, it's weird, man. Have but you, you know what? No, go ahead. Sorry, that, that experience has like, it stuck with me and it, it really made me like focus on like, what's beyond this and death and all that mm-hmm. stuff not not in a real negative way but like you know it makes you really appreciate what you have and focus on 
what we're here to do, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad that experience happened. Yeah. It's like, it did you a favor. It's like the, uh, the, the Jacob's ladder. You ever see Jacob's ladder, that movie? Nope. Oh my God. You guys see Jacob's ladder. <laughs> I want to make a list. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the eighties with Tim Robbins. It's, it's all this guy's experiencing all these demons and he comes mm-hmm. back from Vietnam and he's having these hallucinations of demons. It's really, really great. Classic, super creepy. Some of the best demons ever. They're not, okay. they're, they're disturbing and, uh, been ripped off, you know, been ripped off many times, you know, the shaking head, the head yeah. that shakes real fast. That's from Jacob's letter. That's where it started. Actually, they ripped it off of Joel Peter Witkin. It was a photographer in the eighties. They ripped Joel Peter Witkin off, but Joel Peter Witkin's amazing. So anyway, anyway, uh, there's a just a classic scene where the you know this guy is like uh, he's getting adjusted by his chiropractor and his chiropractor is almost like his spiritual guide in a way and he's always giving him wisdom and he's yeah. and he quotes um, he he quotes uh, Meister Eckert who is a, a, a mystic in the I don't know the 19th century or something and he said that he's this guy's talking about the demons and he said, and he, in the quote, uh, now I gotta look it up. Hold on. I'm gonna see if I can look it up. Cause it's such a, okay. it was like, it's such a great quote. Anybody who knows the movie, that's like, that's the quote of the movie that everyone refers to. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I if I, I'll, I'll say it, uh, uh, I'll paraphrase it for now, but it was something like, you know, when you're dying and there's, if you feel like there's demons coming after you, Mm-hmm. Uh, let go, and you'll find out that the demons were actually angels trying to get you to let go of your body so that you can move on. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's kind yeah. of like that in a way. Your your dark figure kind of did you a favor, helped you, and un, you know it's maybe true. unintentionally, but um, yeah, you didn't. So you didn't get all like uh, into uh, you didn't. It sounds like you didn't run to Christianity after, which I know no, some people have. Uh, I'm <laughs> or, or any other. Uh... No, it just made me super interested in in what's you know the par- paranormal stuff and like what's out there. I, I like learning about religion, but I don't believe that religion is um, what they what is claimed to be. You know, right, right, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, the the. Uh... Okay, my my web browser just came up. Hold on, I'll see if I can find that quote. Um, yeah, there's a uh, 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 hold on. <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta find it. Um, yeah, I found a guy on YouTube the other day that was it's, it's like talking about magic, like ceremonial magic. He's a he's a religious studies scholar, and um, really great such a great i just resonated with this guy and and, um he was talking about christianity in a way that was like so right on the money it was like you know that that's that's what it is supposed to be taught this is the real christian this is what jesus was all about really i mean those these are the teachings of jesus really it's not you know what's accepted by a lot of of the mainstream and it was like you know, uh, and my mom always kind of taught me that as well, which is why I've never really had a huge issue with Christianity like like a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I get why people 
don't like it, but uh, you know, I always look to the deeper the deeper meaning, which is basically you know, do unto others the golden rule. Definitely, you know. I feel like anything good kind of gets hijacked by people assholes. looking for power, or control. <laughs> yep, yeah, totally. exactly. Assholes. Yeah, they you know they take one thing that's positive, turn it negative. Yep, totally. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, Jacob's Ladder quote runs, The only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life. Your, uh. your memories, your attachments, uh, they burn them all away, but they're not punishing you. They're freeing your soul. If you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. If you've made peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. Wow. Which is like... That's powerful. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. You got to see that movie. I will now. <laughs> Aside Isn't from that, that kind of like spiritual angle, it's also yeah. just got the coolest demons ever ever made in a movie. They're like so great, so inspiring. They're not like, you know, horned devils that you'd imagine. They're like weird, fucked up, creepy people with like trench coats on and uh, weird face. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, did you... Did you tell anybody about that after it happened? Because I know a lot of people don't want to say anything about that stuff like that because so, people think they're crazy. I tried to explain it to my brother because he saw me with the trash bags throwing everything away. Like I had this lava lamp. He's like, "Can I have this? Can I have that?" Just taking my shit. <laughs> so I tried to explain it to him, like, but I didn't go into any like detail really. But no, no. I, I've told the story before, but not at that time. At that time, you're just kind of like, okay, dude. I was, I was, you know. Plus, I, I was on some drugs, so like, yeah, yeah. Part of, part of me is like, did this really happen? Then I had right. to confirm what, what my friend who was there, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, weird, it's it, when you when you both um, hear the banging. I mean, the, the and the lights, but you know, I don't people that have had these experiences drugs or no drugs you know you know when something's i don't know i think you kind of know when something's real and when something's not unless you're so far off and mm. out of your mind and you can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy but i you know there's there's plenty of anecdotal evidence that that you know drugs don't certain drugs don't make you hallucinate. No, they, 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 they open you up to a wider, you know, yeah. bad or good, white, a wider, uh, reality, you know, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon. Wait, nowadays. Isn't that like a tool for skeptics? They're like, Oh no, you must've been drinking or right. Drugs. Yeah. Like, if you see a UFO or something. Yeah. And automatically that's just like, Oh, it's then it didn't happen. But you know, yep. what, they, what they don't say is that everybody's always on chemicals always because, the reason you're able, yep. you're constantly, the way you perceive reality is because you have a certain amount of these chemicals being regulated into your brain. So it's like, you know, you're on, you know, these, all these chemicals, I guess, are okay to trust, though, even though you're having crazy dreams mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know. But, the, but then again, I, I always think, you know, what if I never had these experiences? I might be skeptical like that too, you know. Of course, you know, of course, so yeah. it's like You've got nothing to relate it to. Yeah, and and it's it's uh it wouldn't be right just to you know, believe it if it you know, experience is the ultimate thing. So so if people haven't experienced it, you can't really expect them to believe you. 
or like or not to go oh maybe you were just hallucinating or yeah yeah but it's also i think they have that fear they don't want it to be real you know like, yeah they don't yeah want yeah upsets. dark creatures to be out there yeah it, ups, it upsets the the the, the worldview you know so true um yeah, I know someone that was like a drug addict and on speed and and stuff telling me that, you know, when they were using it really bad, they saw like shadow people all the time around them at night. And they and it was mm-hmm. like they were following him. And it's like, you know, and, but, but, you know, it's it happens to all kinds of people. That's the thing. It's like you watch that movie, The Nightmare. It's like a common. It's not that unusual, really. And I think most people just don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, because it's scary. It is. It is. You know, the unknown, it's super scary. But it's, I like it because it, it tells us there's way more to this, yeah. you know, existence, you know, and it's, life's, life could be kind of boring if it's just what we think it is, you know, but if yeah, there's yeah. more out there, it, it becomes, you know, way more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I uh, there's something to be said for, you know, realizing the miracle that reality is and just looking at anything and going, wow, this is insane that we're in this three-dimensional space. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you cannot help but, you know, life is mundane. It's painful. It's drudgery. You know, you can't yes, not, yep. you know, you can't not experience the drudgery once you hit a certain age. You know, it's just like, it's the same thing over and over. So, um, you know, there's definitely a comfort, I think, in knowing that there's more, uh, but you know, knowing there's more either way is kind of like a scary when you, you know, there's, there's more, uh, on both, both sides of things. But, um, yeah, no, I'm fascinated with that stuff. Uh, I mean, I know people too, that, that want to believe, but they haven't had it happen to them. I know people mm-hmm. that have told me, I wish it would happen to me. So I could believe, but it just won't happen to me or it hasn't happened to me yet. And it's sort of like, it just seems so random who it happens to, you know? But also, like, it could have happened to all of us when we were younger. We just don't remember, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I have a, I have a friend who swears he saw a cartoon wolf outside of his window when he was like three and he chalks it up to, oh, I was just a kid. I just, my imagination. But he's like, I saw it. It was like physically there, <laughs> you know? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, like what's the deal with imaginary friends? Like what, what's that all about? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. We, we all experienced weird shit when we were kids and we kind of just like put it off as adults. But like it's something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the imagination is something. Imagination, it's like. You know, we have this idea that the imagination isn't real just because it's not in physical reality necessarily. But it, uh, they, what is a thought? What is something you're imagining? It's mm-hmm. something. It's not but just you know, nothing. It's something that's happening in your do mind. Do you know the concept of a, of a topa? You know what that is? No. It's like when it, enough people put energy into a specific thought, it becomes real mm-hmm. and it can manifest into physical reality. Mm-hmm. So supposedly like a lot of like Buddhist monks or something would like practice this like topa creation. Oh, thing, oh, oh, cool. topa, topa, a topa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah T-U-L-P-A. Yeah. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 yeah it's like a, a thought form creation. Yes. 
Yeah. So I wonder if that has to play a part in what's going on, you know. So, like yeah. you're creating monsters, they might live in a, somewhere. You I know? know, I know. That's what, I, you know, I, I wonder as much as I feel like I'm creating these things, I also feel like they're coming to me. So mm. I like wonder, it's like, they want their portraits painted. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like, on the door. Hey, I'm here. Seriously, hey, and in hey. a way, I feel like I'm kind of like honoring them, like uh, appeasing them, or or more not appeasing them as much as honoring them. Like in a way, I'm saying you have a purpose, rather than just to be shunned as this. Mm-hmm. evil thing or horrible ugly creature or spirit that's terrible it's almost like even you have a place in this universe and you're worthy of a portrait you Dude, know that's beautiful man <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like you know it's not an intentional like oh, i'm going to make uh friends with my demons so they don't bother me it's more like out of i mean it's a natural just thing that happened with me it was this is what yeah. i love to paint it's fun but um, when I think about it, it's almost like a, um, comes from a place of empathy in, in a way. Like I always feel, I feel empathy. I feel empathy for people who don't even deserve it. You know, like even people that have committed horrible crimes and go to prison. It's like I still kind of feel bad for them sometimes. I know it's wrong, but I can't help like I can't help but wrong, feel though? that. Is it, is it, it wrong? Well, maybe it's not wrong. It feels wrong because no one else, not a lot of help. Most people seem to be like, once you do something terrible, that you're just fucked and 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 just deserving of scorn. But and I don't know. I I so I and in a way, it seems like they're they come out of an empathy. Like you feel almost sorry for them. Yeah. You know, because they're you know, who wants to be a demon? Nobody wants to be a demon. You wouldn't choose to be a demon if you had the choice. <laughs> so maybe by you know maybe by painting them, they are less. They have let they they feel honored in a way without you know giving them more power if that's what they are. I don't know. Maybe you're you're giving them their wings. You know. Yeah, giving maybe from, maybe from hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's a cool <laughs> idea too. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that was weird with writing the book too. It was like it, it feels like a real place now after kind of like cataloging everything. And there's shadow people in it. There's shadow oh, people yeah, that I've nice. painted, you know. I did I did a show, I did a show called We Are the Shadows that was okay. a that was like this is one of my earlier shows where it was um I was imagining what shadow people would be like if I if you could see them other than a black shape or the hat. You know, the other one is yeah, the, yeah. the hat man. There's a top hat guy that's a shadow or a guy with like a fedora type hat yeah. and a shadow. Why does it seem like they're stuck in a specific time period? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, weird. What, what happened in that time period? Yeah, like, I know. That. I know. It's weird. And so I, I did a show like that and I made them like all gangsters, like 40s gangsters. And so within dystopia... They they are like these beings that are like they're like a gang, and they're able to go through. They're able to go through and come into this world, you know. That's basically it's my you know my an idea of what shadow people might be in a in relating to my uh, dystopia world. So it's kind of cool. Oh, I can't I can't wait to check this out. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I know I can't wait till it's done. I just think a mo- I just think a weekly movie would be so 
a weekly series oh, would be so cool. You hit up Netflix. Would you? Would you animate it? Like, I don't know. That's, like, a, animated? that's. I mean, I could see the case for live action, and I could see mm-hmm. the case for um, see doing it as CGI too, mm. or like a. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. There's not really a show like that I can think of that's going on right now, is there? Where it's like totally takes place in an alternate reality where it's like there's no reference to regular reality. I don't know. No. Uh, they, they would have to throw like a human character in there somewhere. Yeah, I know, like, right? Probably. For the audience. But yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's kind but. of the cool thing is that since there is that bridge to this reality, you could build a story around yeah. somehow breaking through that reality and have a human I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm not like I said. I, I'm totally I happy. If, I'm totally happy if nothing happens. Just to have the thing done. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy painting. I don't need any more like, you know, fame or bigger projects. I'm just so happy painting. But I'm not going to say no if something like that came around. You know? I think your demons want to be more famous, so they'll make it happen <laughs> for you. <laughs> they want that next Netflix money too. <laughs> yeah right uh wow yeah 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 you uh i'm gonna send you that guy's youtube video too yeah he 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 explained this i forget his name but he he explains uh magic ceremonial magic and uh occult the occult and spirits and that tradition he just is like uh he explains it it relates it to how quantum mechanics works, how magic works, how like mm-hmm. manifesting works. His theory about how how it work, how it's quantum mechanics, in a way, it's really really interesting. I'll have to send it to you. Um, I'll have to put a link to this guy's YouTube channel, but I dig it because he's not like uh, I like these guys that are. They look at different belief systems, yeah, and, and they're not like preferring one over the other it's more like these are just ways that we as just you know humans limited humans that don't know what the fuck's going on this is how we this is how different cultures have tried to explain it and that's what religions are basically you know trying to like the idea that eventually we'll we'll have the scientific tools or whatever right yeah 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 universes or whatever yeah yeah yeah, but I, you know, I also feel like it's. I mean, if you think of, um, if you think of the idea, which seems to make the most sense to me, is that there's it's that reality or God or the universe is infinite, right? That yep. makes the most sense to me. That that's we can't really conceive of infinity, but it is an infinite. Then we'll never be able to. There, no, the the final thing because there is no final thing because it goes on forever. So it's like as much as the tools get better, the scientific tools. And the, the other thing that this guy actually in this one video makes a um, a really great distinction about science and metaphysics is that science is excellent for mapping physical reality. But the yeah. tools aren't good for mapping metaphysical reality or this other other dimensions that we can't see. It's not made for that. Yeah. So just just because it's good at mapping, you know, physical materialist reality doesn't mean that the other realities don't exist. It just means that the true. scientific tools don't apply. You know? 
And who, who are who are us to think we can actually explain everything? You know? Yeah, like I know. There's there's a bit of of a hubris in there in a way, arrogance that you know. I don't know. I think probably the even you know <clears throat> Einstein people like he was kind of like had a spiritual belief in a way too. You know, he he wasn't just like materialist. There's nothing beyond this. He was he had kind of like a belief in God some some kind. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, that was a, a, a <laughs> that that took a, a turn for for the good that I didn't know was going to happen. Um, That's good, man. I love it when we talk about this stuff. This is like my favorite stuff to talk about. That and art, really, um, are my favorite things to talk about. So, <clears throat> same. You so I guess to 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 wrap things up because we're getting to, to near an hour and a half. Um, uh, let's let's get some. Some of your thoughts on on the dark art, on dark art. I know that you're sure. you know you're part of the dark art community. You listen to the podcast. You create the yeah. stuff you do is primarily. I would categorize it as dark art. It's stuff in the dark. Interested in the darker side of things. Uh, what's your what's your feeling about that? I, I love it, man. I love that we can look at something that other people would consider to be dark or, or gross or whatever, and we make it look beautiful. You know, to like. To us, we can appreciate that, but I, I love what you're doing, where you're like showing it to to more people and like making it more legitimate. You know, and I really appreciate that because I want to see more of this stuff in the mainstream. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I, uh, I appreciate that, but I think it's uh, I think it's it has something to offer people that are regular I quote unquote regular people normal people I think it's got there's something there for them I think it can help them it could be a benefit to them to learn to appreciate and understand it I think it's got something to offer so that's right there a good enough reason to to try and get it out there more where but, but my main reason really is for us to um you know, to have a, a place in this world and to and to not be, you know, looked down upon or not taken seriously um, by the art community or by the world at large. But aside, like I said, aside from that, I think it's like, you know, it's more like, it's kind of like a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't realize they need it, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, it, and if you could explain why it's valuable, you're going to get people that would never have looked at that you know, because at this point, it's it's still such an underground phenomenon, dark art, that the only people that come to it are the ones that are just naturally, it hits them inside, and they're not afraid to to look that way, to, to look into it. They're not afraid to appreciate it. And yeah. think of all the people that it hits that way, but they're afraid to go there. Like, they're not even... It's true. I'm sure there's a whole subset of people that have that propensity to appreciate it but but won't let themselves go there and then just think of the other people that maybe it's not really for them but they can learn to understand it and and appreciate it and maybe it will become for them if they understand what the purpose is and why it's okay to to like it you know oh i think it's they have to understand themselves first before they're gonna open up to something a little darker a little creepier you know like that's ultimately looking in inwards not outwards. yeah 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 that's the i think that's probably the biggest problem it has is that there is it's like a, a uh it it's it's a 
it's a rep, it's a symbolic representation of looking in at your yes. own dark parts and your and the and the mysterious part of yourself, your inner world. Okay. So even I think if where it might scare some people, <clears throat> just because on the surface it's scary, but it also might scare someone on a deeper level that's not ready because they don't want to look inside and, and explore that part of themselves. Very so much. Kind of like on a psychological level, there's this barrier. But, you know, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully it'll – I'm just following my nose. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> you, you're trying to balance the force, man. I appreciate it. Well, I, uh, I'm glad to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're the man for the job, man. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> well, you have great. no choice really what's that I said you have no choice like, your demons are helping you out yeah yeah <laughs> I mean this this is where it's taken me like I, I yeah. really you know I really have felt like it's just been like you're, you're as an artist you're casting lines out and fishing and seeing which catch fish and it's like you know the monster portraits have caught fish and the dark art society has caught fish so it's like you you know you keep fishing in the same place to that's where you're appreciated so you just and then you all of a sudden you have a purpose somehow that you weren't expecting you mm-hmm. know I never expected it so anyway well it was great having you on man this is super fun and uh thanks for for delving deep you know yeah, man I, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on man I I love this kind of conversation so thank you yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, as we always do, if you know, if you've listened to the end, I always say goodbye, audience. So, let's say goodbye, audience. Go goodbye, ahead. audience. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>